Welcome to the Cultivated Grace Podcast with Will and Kate Purvis. Listen in weekly as we teach you how to live by faith and receive all the benefits Jesus died and rose from the grave to give you. Join us as we dig into God's Word and plant seeds of faith through real-life application. Hello, hello, hello. All right. This sounded like Robert Kiyosaki's. <laughs> William is not paying attention. No, I was here. I was about to say something. You was just faster than me. All right. Let's get started. What are you going to say? I was just going to say hello, everyone. Oh, <laughs> glad yes. you're hello. back. Thank you for jumping on. Let's see. Jumping on. Jumping Thanks on. for hopping on here. Yes. We're just hopping on here real quick. Today <clears throat> is one of my most favorite subjects because it makes everybody mad. Is it, that why it's your favorite subject? I think, I think it is one of my I think favorite. That's, I, think, I don't think that's why it's your favorite subject. I think it's a perk for you. Maybe. I think it's your favorite subject because we've experienced well, I like it. like challenging <laughs> people and like you're there, they're like, well, we don't believe in these type things. Well, why? Why do you not? And they never have anything that's really that coherent. Never really. Uh, even there's some people that sit up in front of everybody with a little table and a laptop, and he just goes through everything about why he doesn't believe that this is correct, or, and criticizes people doing like a thousand times more than he's doing in in his ministry. I'm not gonna call names, but you know who you are, laptop man. So <laughs> I don't have a clue what you're talking about. I think about. that's the point. But anybody familiar with you know <laughs> with some laptop of the challengers, man. some of the people that are familiar with the challengers of like word of faith or grace uh, or or whatever or or the uh, again, <laughs> this is one of my favorite subjects, the prosperity gospel. Hello, um, and I, I'll just say like right from the get go is that there's no such thing. As a prosperity gospel. As a prosperity gospel. There's just not a thing. They they well, label it. What we hear most often, and, and, you know, I heard someone say it yesterday, was like the, um, well, they call it name it and claim it, right? Oh, yeah, and that's so my favorite. The, <laughs> that's your favorite description of it. But what people are saying, and, and what's, you know, it's the same thing with like what they call greasy grace, okay? So just... It ain't greasy, it ain't grace, baby. Stop, that's not true. (laughs) You're such a a dork. (laughs) I think that what is so, what's so weird about, well, not weird's not the word. What's so, what makes us want to talk about it so much is because it is, what what people say it is, is not what it is. Right. You know, and I think, and and you have people in every, um, like you have people, the truth is stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason, right? Right. So you have people who do truly act this way. But for majority of people who run in the crowds, what would be called like the name it and claim it and mm-hmm. the prosperity gospel, what we're accused of is mm-hmm. like using God as an ATM machine right. or, you know, um, I'm going to believe God for this Bentley. So I should have it now in the name of Jesus. And, and people do yeah, but, that. Yeah. We you know, like we're we're gonna make fun of our own here too, but right. um, you know, that's when people say prosperity gospel, that is the accusation really, is right. that we're using God as an ATM or I think that shows a level of immaturity in the fundamental truths about God's provision. Right. And so God isn't like <clears throat> this, you know, magic genie that just grants wishes. You know what I'm saying? Right. And one of the things I like, like Keith Moore, that was another one we could have tagged. Keith Moore has been talking about if God did not tell you to believe for something, right. you, have you no probably believing. don't have any business believing for it. You know, because faith only comes, that's it. Faith only comes by hearing the word of God. Another translation says the word about Christ. So... <clears throat> But the Bible is full of God's provision and prosperity. Proverbs talks about how uh, wisdom comes with long life in one hand and prosperity in another hand. Um, It talks about how, you know, uh, God promised to bless the children of Israel so much that it would make the neighbors jealous, you know? 
Um, he even talked about, you know, when you take uh, houses that you didn't build and, you know, you harvest, you know, crops that you didn't plant and stuff like that. Don't forget about the Don't forget about who gave it to you. Right. You know, so <clears throat> there there's God is a prosperous God. Right. He is. You know, the business world right now is is crazy with prosperity right now. You know, used to, you used to go into business, what you wanted to do is you wanted to, you know, do well and small business and all these things and and just have independence and stuff like that. Now, every 20-year-old wants to be a multimillionaire jet-setting across the world, driving the nicest cars and wearing the ugliest shoes. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It is rampant right now, and everybody (laughs) thinks that they're supposed to be multi-billionaires and uh, the the money's out there. It's not like it it's is, not but out there. Not everybody is like not everybody is called by the Lord to be a multi billionaire. No, but God provides for His own. Right. He provides. As a matter of fact, He provides for the sinner. You know, the Bible talks about how He sends His rain on the just and the unjust. And the rain that He's talking about is uh, reminiscent of the former and the latter rain that. The in the land of Israel, uh, or the land of Canaan, they uh, would have an early rain and they would have a latter rain. And the early rain would help break up the soil and stuff like that. And the latter rain would water the crops so that they would grow and they could harvest them. That's a form of prosperity. Mm-hmm. Now, later in the New Testament, the former and the latter rain are reminiscent of the Holy Spirit coming. Right. So, you know, the latter rain is greater than the former rain. And, you know, but the Holy Spirit came down in the latter rain, you know. So there is that. But in the natural, the former and the latter rain were very, very important. And because if they didn't, they didn't have those rains, they didn't eat. And that's why they got in so much trouble about worshiping Baal, because he was the god of weather. Mm Mm-hmm. And they would pray and sacrifice to him to get the weather. And this is a side note. I know I'm getting off, but... They would pray and worship Baal and Moloch because they were to control the weather. And God said, no, 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 no. I send the rain. I'm the one that brings your prosperity. Okay, so maybe I'm not too far off topic. But anyway, so it the prosperity gospel is a phrase made up by people that, well, basically they're hypocrites. Okay. You, you'll find them in reformist, reformer, Calvinist, you know, groups. And you're starting to see a lot of it in charismatics because a lot of charismatics have tried it and it didn't work for them. And the truth is, the reason... The truth, yeah, the truth is is that what they're trying is not what the Word is talking about. It's not what the Word tells it, you to do. <clears throat> we have a, we've, we've, we've seen a lot more recently, and I think it's just that our eyes have been open. It's always been. Our eyes have just been open to it, mm-hmm. where people are acting the way that... that the prosperity gospel is accused of. Yeah, of being, that does you know, happen. Yeah. And, you know, we're seeing people who are like, well, you know, I'm believing the Lord for this and I'm believing the Lord for that. And right. the truth is, is that if the Lord didn't direct you to that, then mm-hmm. we've no business believing, you know, for it. Like I can right now, I can see and, and put all of my faith in a Robin's Egg Blue Bentley convertible mm-hmm. because I have had my eye on it for a long time. Right. I just think it's beautiful. Right. But at this point in time, I have no, like there has been no direction in my life to believe the Lord for it. So I can believe him and trust him and say, oh, he's going to give me this Robin's Egg Blue Bentley convertible all mm-hmm. I want to. But the truth is, is that that's going to fail because well, the Lord, the, the Lord didn't direct me to, that. And it's not to say that, you know, the Lord doesn't give us the desires of our hearts. It's right. just to say that if I have faith in that and he didn't direct me to that, then my faith is not actually in mm-hmm. him. Well, okay, so let's kind of back up a little bit. Um, sometimes people will go and get themselves in financial straits. And then, you know, you know, God wants you to be successful and they get very excited about that. But they're not prepared for the level of success that they're dreaming for Mm -hmm. they're not ready they haven't uh developed you know and the truth is that success comes with challenges Mm -hmm. and it comes with lawyers and it comes with you know uh 
Right. Financial success. Financial success comes and prosperity comes with a lot of challenges that people are not necessarily prepared for. Mm-hmm. And money is a an amoral right. object. It's, it's an amoral system. And so money's not bad, but money's not necessarily good either. It all depends on what someone whose does hands it. it's in. Sure. And so money if it's in a person's hands that has vices, it can be a problem and it could actually kill them. That's why they say that a huge propor- uh, a, a portion of uh, lottery winners are broke within five years. Right, there's a word. It's like the lottery curse. Yeah, and, it you know, people getting divorced and, uh, you know, having troubles with their family and having troubles with their spouse and having ch- pro- troubles with their children and friends and stuff because they don't have the plan. Right. They don't go get with a certain type of financial advisor and set up a say, hey, this is how much we're going to give right. family have, and this you know, is how much we're going to do this. parents or somebody who can guide them and yeah. you know, mentors to lead them through the And here's another the pitfalls. thing. If the Lord gave somebody a million dollars today and their heart was to go and help somebody, particularly by paying off everything that they owe, would that person just turn around and get right back into debt because they want to consume more? You know, so... There are pitfalls to being wealthy, and there are, but there's major pitfalls for being poor. Being poor is expensive. Higher interest rates if you're borrowing money. Um, you know, worse health due to the food that they eat and right. stuff like It's very expensive not having a solid, uh, uh, you know, situation in their living uh, situation and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That's, that's, it's expensive. You know, um, so anyway, what does that have to do with the prosperity gospel? What does it have to do with God prospering us? What does it have to do with the grace of God? So let's read a, a verse of scripture, and I would like to read it out of the the Amplified uh, in Second Corinthians verse 8. Let's see, let me get back down there. I mean, chapter 8, excuse me. Oh, I'm dropping my- let's not read that in the Amplified right away. <laughs> uh, this verse reads better in the King James, actually. Second Corinthians 8, where are we going? 8 and 9. Yeah. It says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. Okay. We know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So grace is unearned, unmerited favor. And I like what somebody said I saw today. It is God's overwhelming desire to bless you. And it does not come with strings. Whether good strings or bad strings, it is not attached to anything but faith in Jesus. That's it. Okay. Let's, can we keep going in that? Oh, keep reading? Yeah. Well, I mean, we can keep reading, but I want to skip. <clears throat> well, just, you know, for people who don't like when you skip verses, let's let, let's keep going. That was chapter, or that was verse 9. Uh, mm-hmm. Verse 10 says, And in this matter I give you my judgment. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it well so that your readiness and desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. Oh, I'm in the ESV. I don't know mm-hmm. what you're in. Okay. What verse you in, though? Well, I'm, I'm fixing in to start. James. Oh. Holy, I'm fixing to start 12. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. This is verse 13. Mm -hmm. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their need Mm -hmm. so that their abundance may supply your need, that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over and whoever gathered little had no lack. So here we are, and this is, you know, the way that they operated in the Corinthian church. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. But, you know, this talks about abundance so that you can supply the needs of others. And if you do not, you can't supply the needs of others, which we know is God's heart. It's throughout the gospel. Mm -hmm. Um, But we know it's God's heart that we have enough to take care of others when they need it. And how can we do that? If there isn't abundance. And not to put you in a tight. 
Right. But not, so that right. you have more than enough. Right. For well, and, and you know, look at the the Acts two church, which is kind of a hot topic right now, right? Everybody's yeah. talking about the Acts two church. But if we really look at the Acts two church, then what we see is that well, let's go. <clears throat> so it's not we here saying, let's go to Acts chapter two. Mm-hmm. Let's see where do I want to do this. All right, let's see. All right, let's start in verse 45, okay, since we're dealing specifically with this. Acts chapter 2, verse 45, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added their number day by day, those who were being saved. Read that in the King James. Read chapter, or I'm sorry, read verse 45. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. Okay. So these people, they had their needs supplied. Mm-hmm. And they had enough of whatever that they could mm-hmm. sell it, and it didn't really bother them. They just had extra lying about that they could sell and take those proceeds and give to other people. And right. this is the heart of God. You know, like this is the heart of God to provide. Right. So he provides for us, and then when others have need, we can provide for them out of his abundance, not out of our abundance, but out of his right. abundance. And then when those people have extra and we have a need, Right. Then those people have that abundance. It, it's a give and take, and this it really shows right. the heart of the Father. But it's if, a community type thing. It is. But if nobody has extra, if nobody has enough, if we are right. all, you know, <clears throat> what's that saying? I don't know. People all the time saying you have to be poor, to, you know, like either we're just we, we're poor. To and, be humble or something. Yes, poor yes. It's like this yeah. mentality that that lack equals humility. And well, the, truth the truth is that... Lack and humility have absolutely nothing to do with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we the Lord promises us that he will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory right. by Christ Jesus. And the truth is, is that he uses human hands to do it. That's true. You know. Well, in chapter 6, uh, Luke verse, uh, chapter 6, I believe it's around 30-something, 36 or whatever, uh, Jesus said, give, it'll be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give unto your bosom. So what he's saying is, is that as you begin to give, that it'll come back to you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together. That sounds like a lot. And then he says that the avenue is going to be other people. Well, if you think about it, if you have like a, a cup of mm-hmm. something, right, and you need to add more to that cup. What do you do? You press it down and then you shake it and let it settle mm-hmm. so that you can add more. And then you press it down and you shake it and you let it settle. So it's just continuous more. I'll never forget when, um, when our oldest, well, okay. Our oldest biological daughter, she's 12 now mm-hmm. when she was a year old, barely a year old. Um, we had just moved to Mississippi. We'd been here a few months and we lived in an apartment and you were working as a car salesman mm-hmm. and which, you know, had been quite lucrative for us in another state. But here it just it wasn't cutting it. Mm-hmm. I was a stay at home mom of a one year old. We only had the one kid at the time. And we we had nothing. We had no money. We had maxed out the only credit card we had. We had a six hundred dollar limit on it mm-hmm. and we had maxed it out paying bills. We were a month behind on our apartment note. Mm hmm. And we were feeding our one-year-old powdered milk because we couldn't afford to go buy a jug. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, we just, we were, like, bare bones, nothing. Right. And we, we had it, there was a day when your grandma, Mm -hmm. your granny, she, she worked at the bank, like, a mile away from our apartment. And, you know, like, we didn't talk to her every day, probably you know, a couple of times a month we'd call or she'd call and just check in or go visit right. or something. But this day it was like we were so beat down. We just didn't have anything. Right. And all we knew to do was tell the Lord, like, all right, we don't have any way to make the money. We had been turned it, down by right, another we had, family member. We had for asked assistance. to borrow money. Yep. You know, and they were like, you know, no, sorry. 
Right. But, um, you know, this, and we had not told Granny had no idea. It was like, we weren't just out telling people. No. You know, it was like, listen, we're in a tight, could we borrow some money? And we had had. We'll return it to you ASAP. Right, as soon as we can. And so, but anyway, had not reached out to Granny or anybody even on that side of the family. Like, nobody, nobody really except for the two people that we had asked to borrow money, you know, had any idea. And so. Well, they didn't even have an idea. Well, they didn't have any idea. Right. We just asked them. And so, anyway. We just sat together and we just, you know, prayed and asked the Lord and said, like, we, we need help. Right. We need help. We, all we know to do is trust you for this. We need help. Right. And I don't know if it was that day or the next day, but you got a phone call from granny and she, she didn't tell us what she wanted. She just was like, Hey, um, you know, sometime today y'all come down here to the bank. I want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And so we put Adeline in the car we drove over there because we do everything we do together. That's right. <laughs> and when we got there, she gave us like a fresh, crisp hundred dollar bill, which in you know two thousand, what two thousand? Well, even then, it wasn't a lot of money, but it was everything it was, to us. It was like two weeks worth of groceries we for us. Fuel in the we car. Put fuel we in the bought car. Groceries, and we bought a five dollar little Caesar's five pizza. Little Caesar we pizza. Yep. But it filled our gas tank. It fed mm-hmm. us, you know, a pizza. I mean, which you know, one pizza for two people. That's two meals. <laughs> yeah. And we bought a bill of groceries. And that was, it, it was really going. the first main, like the first really big thing where the Lord was like, all right, this is where I provide for you. And we'd seen it before, but it was like the first, right? like it was dire. It was, you right. know, it wasn't just the two of us. We had a baby. Right. You know, like it's, we could miss a few meals. Right. But when you've got a baby involved, you know. But but we forget the fact that we the Lord looks at us as his babies. Right. You know, and so he provides for us. And that was, you know, I think for, well, for me, that was really the first time that I had truly seen. And he's done that several times. He's done it then. several times since then. We have had medical bills from one of our, one of our miscarriages it was like $3,000, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I didn't even know that the bill was coming and when it showed up, it just wrecked me. Mm-hmm. And then just a few months later, we got another letter in the mail that, um, some church here in Ridgeland, Mississippi had just right paid the bill. We appreciate that too. Yeah. So, Very much so. whatever church, you know five six seven years ago that was paying those bills it was it it was in the uh cross gates river oaks i think that's what that is over there yeah from the cross that's who we owed it to and there was a church that went down there and paid our medical bills i don't know who that's my dream as a person as a christian as a ministry my dream is to do stuff like that pay people's medical bills pay Build churches. I think you'll find build homes. And I think people don't talk about this or debts or see it enough is that you know, like you have these these big name ministries and people see the jets and people see the big houses and they see those things. What they don't see is the wells being dug in Africa. Skyhawk one seventy two before the jets though. They just (laughs) they don't see the you know the medical bills that are being paid off, the wells being dug in Africa, the orphanages being built, and. Um, well, I just I just saw a thing on something. It was Mr. Beast, and he went to Africa <laughs> and built a thousand water wells. Yeah, nobody's and mad at him for being rich. No, nobody's mad because they he earned it somehow. But anyway, um, but he built he built these thousand uh, water wells all over this part of Africa. Mm-hmm. Joyce Meyer's been doing that for decades. She's been building water wells and giving people f- water, uh, clean water to drink for decades. Yeah, but we can't give her credit. We're mad at her for admitting that she started her ministry in booty shorts and a cigarette. So we're still mad about that. I think we all came from some sort of heathenism, whether it was being a Pharisee heathenism. or whatever. But see, but, but also think about like people like Jerry Savelle building medical facilities so that the city or the country of Kenya doesn't have to send their medical professionals to Europe to study their internship. They can do it right there in country mm-hmm. with their people and help their people. You don't think about all the people, all the houses like Scott Walters and them building 
they take a garbage dump in 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 uh, south of the border. Yeah, and they have built open air churches, dormitories, houses, medical clinics, all kinds of stuff. And these people, they don't necessarily believe even the way that we do about the prosperity God gives you. But they're seeing but over and over again the provision of God. You know, the provision of God for not just themselves, but for thousands and thousands of refugees yeah. where you know they were they're uh well Haitian Hector, yeah, the Hector. man down there. They've been down there, they've had Haitian refugees, they've had Ukrainian refugees, Russian refugees. Right. A lot of uh, you know like, Arab re- yeah. refugees. And a lot of, you know, this place is um That's not including the Latin world. We're gonna um we need to we're gonna get with Scott. We're gonna link this ministry yep. in show notes because this is a it's a good one. We we personally have given to this ministry for a, a while now and right. um it, it's a good one. But they, you know, took basically where it is there is where Mexicans are trying to get across the border. They're promised that they can get right. across. They've and been then, told by somebody. Right. They pay know. they you know, they take their life savings and they pay mm-hmm. to try and get themselves or their children safely across mm-hmm. the border into the US and they're shut down at the border or the you know, the person who's supposed to get them across never shows up. Right. And so they end up with at the border with nothing and no nowhere to go, no anything. So then you've got like Hector and Scott Walter and Audrey Pridgen. Pridgen, say, yeah. Say mm-hmm. They're all down there. And then also uh, uh, Rusty and Belinda from Glory Barn, they're yeah. down there trying to take care of these people. Yes. You know, but the thing is, is that I wish, like, I wish that people would, um, you know, when they're talking about that prosperity gospel, I wish, like, I, I would urge you, if this is something that you just, you know, it baffles your mind, go look at what these people right. are doing. These people who believe in the provision of God and stuff, and, and they just may have at, fancy planes and big houses and stuff, but one, so what? And two, look at what else they're doing. Look at what they're actually right. doing. Look at where their money is going, because... So but they so don't want to do that because that doesn't sell tickets. It doesn't. Yeah, but we're I mean not talking tickets, about. I'm talking about. No, I'm saying. Not, I'm saying all the critics. Oh, that yeah, aren't doing near. I mean, I'm not talking to critics though. Doing. I'm just talking to normal people who listen to that and like believe right. what they're saying about the the quote unquote prosperity gospel. Because you'll see throughout, like, there's nowhere but in the Bible where Jesus the, says, "No, you should be poor." There, but those, no, there's not. But there, uh, if anything, Jesus. Provided wine when they didn't have any, split bread, uh, loaves and fishes when they didn't have any, uh, split the seven loaves when they fed 4,000 plus women and children when they didn't have enough to split, spread around. He was a provider. Right. That's why they tried to make him king. But Restored that's the, the prodigal son. Right. Uh, so, and, and didn't just put some sloppy ring on and put a gold ring, mm-hmm. nice shoes, right. nice robe, the fatted calf, the fatted calf. He's, he's not a shorthanded God. So what I'm saying is, is those people that talk about the prosperity gospel and have coined it as something like that, mm-hmm. they, what they've done is they're like, oh, well, you just believe in the prosperity gospel. Yes, I do. Absolutely, I do. I just believe, I believe that, that in that the, the gospel, gospel provided prosperity, prosperity is not right. For, for God's people. Now, I'm not saying sit over there and hoard it up or whatever. And some people would look at like Joel Osteen and his house that his daddy bought for four hundred something thousand dollars in the eighties that's now worth almost ten million dollars. I'm not saying that people don't look at that and say, Well, why don't he give that to the poor? Well, why don't you take your house and sell it and give it to the poor? How about you do it? It's because they're hypocrites. They don't believe what they say. They're just mad because he's. I got just it. wonder, like, where's the level of acceptable? Like, what everyone, based on their that mindset, is going to have move. a different idea of what is an acceptable size house. Like, what right. for? And and I guess the way that I look at it, okay, is that as like ministers of the gospel. Mm-hmm. I think they ought to have the best of the best. Well, you know? why, like if you look at the that Jewish Playboy priesthood, can fly around in a jet, jet setting all over the world, and people—I'm not criticizing uh, Grant Cardone, but he's flying around in a fifty million dollar jet. Okay? And everybody's trying to be more like him. And everybody wants to be like him, but they don't. But they didn't. They look at uh, people like Jerry Savelle, Kenneth Copeland, Keith Moore, and all these guys that talk about how God blessed them with a jet or a plane. Uh, they didn't see the Cessna 172 or the, the the Cessna 310 or whatever. They didn't see how God blessed them from stage to stage over the course of 40 years. They don't see that. Right. But they criticize them. And what are they using their equipment for? 
to fly all over the uh, world in the U.S. and everything right. was like it, that. It was Kenneth Copeland who loaned his plane yeah, he to go his over to and Glenn Beck. get... Uh, yeah, to go get people who were left in, in Afghanistan, Afghanistan when we pulled out, mm-hmm. and they got those, they got some of those people out, and his jet was one of the jets that Glenn Beck used to get them out. And so, what is the problem? The problem is, is that the people that criticize it the most are jealous because they got it and they don't. Well, I think too. I think a big a big part of it is like we've been told for so long mm-hmm. that. That's not a thing. Like we've been told that it's a prosperity gospel and it's been criticized for so long that people in their minds are thinking, okay, if we subscribe to this, like because the, the truth is is that most Christians, and we can look at like the state of the Bible, this is not a mm-hmm. this is not a criticism that I'm making. It's a, a fact. If you go look at the state of the Bible, it's like thirty three percent of professing Christians actually open their Bible once a week. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so if we look at it, no one's actually going to the word to see what the word says about it. Right. And so I think a lot of people are just afraid that if they believe it or if they go along with the prosperity gospel, they'll be ostracized. And the truth is that you will. Right. Well, it, but, you got to take the good with the bad, I suppose. But in that situation. the truth is, and if you look into the word over and over, what we see is that he wants to prosper us now. Right. Prosperity and wealth are not necessarily one and the same, but well, it's not necessarily a sign that well, God right. is blessing you. There's a lot of people out there that are heathens, and they're very rich, right? But like, know? their lack, though, is not of God, Mm-mm. and I think that that's what we see over and over again in the gospel is that when people attack the prosperity gospel, what you tend to see is that. A lot of times, not always, but a lot of times there is lack in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is, I think there's some shame involved. And I think not, you know, that there's anything to be ashamed of if you're not wealthy. But I think that there's a lot deeper things going on than just like that cause that attack. And I think that those things need to be looked at and addressed as well. Mm-hmm. And I think shame well, plays a, a big role in There's a lot of people well in, in the world that work hard, and they really struggle to make ends meet. And one of the biggest complaints from the opposition is, is that, you know, they say that prosperity preachers are out there saying that if you give to my ministry, then God will bless you. Let's talk about that. Let's well, keep out on, there. Me, the thing is, is that, they're not always saying that if they say it at all they teach you that as as a giver god's going to bless you and they do say that i've heard them say that if you give into this ministry as a partner for example we pray for you and uh there's some people that criticize that too because they think that the person that's the head over the ministry ought to pray for every single thousands and thousands of letters and emails that come through their the the their mail center uh which is impossible okay that's why they hire people to do it which is also why they need funds to pay for pay people mm-hmm. for their time in praying all the time you know so anyway that sounds like a great job <laughs> well i mean it's not a very high paying job though but um the one of the things that they get criticized for is if you give to my ministry, God's going to bless you. And then there are the charlatans out there. Right. They're like, if you don't give me a thousand dollars by the end of the week, or uh, uh, I watch. There's a. There's I'm a, not coming to preach if you don't pay me. Yeah. Fifteen thousand dollars. You know, an honorarium of ten, fifteen grand. You know, uh, but I'll say this: Jesse Duplantis is one of the people they criticize the most. Uh, he goes for free. He does take up an offering, but if he doesn't get what he, a ten thousand dollars worth, of, he's not going to come. You'll never know it. He's just going to go to the next place because his partners and stuff help with that. And then he does take up offerings. And then I think you know, we also like don't. They don't know how these people. Really nobody work. talks to about the fact that these. You know, while we're on the subject of 
what they would call prosperity preachers. These mm-hmm. people have intellectual property that they sell. They do. And that makes a lot of money. And so that's one you know, of the biggest things about not Joe necessarily he ministry funds. It's their right. funds from their intellectual property. And so um Right. You know, and when you have a following as large as they do, then Well that's the thing. It's we were talking about attention getting today that businesses that do the best, they're the ones yeah, that get most of the attention. No one else gets criticized for having wealth when they're just when they're businessmen that are not also Christians. Because the truth is is that, you know right. Well, let's talk like for example, some of these preachers and stuff that complain about the wealth of others. Um what do they dry? What are they wearing? Where what? Where do there's they live? There's always somebody who has less than us that'll criticize you for having more. But there's always, you know, people who have more that are. It's like okay, the widow in the temple. Mm-hmm. She gave. She gave everything. She gave all she had. She gave everything she had, and it was next to nothing. She was a widow. Like back the widows. Like the Bible's explicit about explicit's not the word. It's it's maybe explicit is the word for like the Bible's clear to take care of the orphans and the widows because mm-hmm. they had no one to care for them. Well, they they were destitute. Right. Mm-hmm. They were destitute. So this woman who was destitute mm-hmm. gave everything she had, mm-hmm. which was probably nothing. All right. Well, two but, copper coins is less than a penny, I think. Well, right. Like but she had given more right. than the wealthy. And so, you know, in that, we can, you know, if you've got someone who, who I'm trying to organize my thoughts here. <laughs> okay, so on that note, okay, you know, a lot of people think that Jesus was praising her for... But he, what, what she right. gave, but what was really happening was, is he was criticizing was, yeah. the religious leadership because they had, he even said, you plunder widows' houses. Right, but they you know? had so much, well, and they weren't, they were only giving what they were Well, the, 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 he was criticizing the religious leadership for taking advantage of widows mm-hmm. because they had convinced her so much to give, and, like, she was willing to give, but in a sense, she probably felt an obligation to give mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. But they weren't helping her. She should have never had to give that money up. And that should have never been all she had because the law, under the law, it made provision for widows and orphans. Mm-hmm. But there was no reason why she should have been giving everything right. that she had. She should have had what she needed. And right. that's what he was trying because to point they out. Because he have just given got done out criticizing them for it. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, let's... One of the things that uh, what we see on the flip side of this uh, living by faith and uh, prosperity gospel and all of these things is are those people that do say, you know, uh, there's there's pro- there, there's this little widow woman out there and she's got twenty dollars tucked away in a cookie jar somewhere. And God's telling me right now that if you'll give that $20 to me, um, he's going to bless you. And, you know, the truth is, is there's probably a hundred little widow women out there that hear that, and they send that money in. And uh, the reason I have this example is there's a documentary about a charlatan-type guy that was raised up in his his parents were in the ministry and they raised him to be a boy preacher. And then he grew up being a preacher and he would just, he would tell them, you know, he said all the right things and he had everybody convinced. And he came out and was like, I'm not a Christian at all. I've been taking advantage of you this whole time. And, uh, it's a documentary. You can pay for it on YouTube. And, uh, I can't remember what his name is. It's a crazy name. Mojo or something, Joe Mo or something like that. Um, Marjo, I, I have no idea what you're Marjo, talking about. I think, is his name. It's a mixture between Mary and Joseph. Uh, but he was this preacher. His mama trained him to be a preacher. If he didn't do certain things, like, they would sit in the crowd and coach him with certain so words. It is. But he actually grew up and got out of it. because, And then uh, and then he came out selling a documentary about it. And um, 
But there are those charlatans. There are those people that do take advantage of people, and they're the ones that have put uh, a bad taste in everybody's mouth. But the truth is that there are those out there that are doing it the right way. As a matter of fact, oh, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, there was a huge, under the Obama administration, there was a huge, they weaponized the IRS against certain nonprofits. Oh, and there was, there was a huge investigation, yeah. and they audited like, like Kenneth major. Copeland, Joe Myers, and some other I big think Joel Osteen, Joel Osteen, yeah, uh, TD Jakes, maybe I'm not sure. I think so, but they're all still in business because they would have took away their 501c3, they wouldn't have been able to do what they needed to do. That's what happened to Jimmy Swaggard, right? I mean, not Jimmy Swaggard, J- Jim Baker, is that uh, they took but away they, his like his credibility, his credentials, you know. They all revealed their financials. Yeah, to the courts now. To the courts, yeah. They didn't reveal them publicly because right. it was private information. Right, it was investigation. But they they also protected their people by saying, like, hey, we're not, I'm not giving you my private, like, people's private information that's yeah. none of your business. Well, that was what they were really after is who's giving so. to these ministries. Yeah. Who Because it wasn't just ministries. There was, like, the, uh, there was political Organizations, uh, organizations yeah. involved yeah. in that, and they were trying to audit all of that stuff. And but, there was people that wouldn't turn up the personal information of individuals. Right. So even these people, like Kenneth Copeland, uh, Joyce Myers, and stuff, yeah. did not give away the so, personal information of the people that had been given to their going ministries. Back, you know, because we've we've kind of we've shown, you know, we've gone to the word, and there there is more. There are so many. This places, is a very deep. Yeah, there's type so subject. many places in the word that talk about where prosperity falls, you know, and and right. and again, you know, when we say prosperity, we're not talking about, you know, everybody being Scrooge McDuck here. Right. We're talking about abundance, having enough and then some for taking care of other people. Right. right. And so and there are some who have callings that are, you know, they they may look like Scrooge McDuck and then, right. you know, there are others we who is it? We had read about a man who, like, the Lord had called him to give up everything he owned and be homeless, live amongst the homeless, and a guy um, in a documentary. We watched yeah, and, and preach the gospel to the homeless. That was the calling on his life. I guarantee you, he always had enough. Well, even Paul, I don't think Paul uh, was a very, very rich, what we would consider rich man, right? But he always had traveling expenses. He always, he always had, had a place had to clothes. stay. He had a place to, to stay. He had food to eat, and he did say, "I was hungry." But I've been I've been hungry, I've been full, I've been naked, I've had clothes, I've I've been abased, I've abounded. He said, I've learned to be content either way we go. Right. He said, well, But I've received the gift that you sent from Epaphroditus and now I'm full. I have everything I need. What was it you said to me the other day? It was so good, was <clears throat> I don't know, what did you say? We were standing in our bathroom. Mm-hmm. You said something to me like I don't know, something like, We're not dead. <laughs> Oh, uh, what was a quote from Jerry Savelle? He said, if you're still standing. <laughs> it's there. always Jerry Savelle. Well, Mr. I, just I hope was, you're listening to this because half of my listening. life is Will quoting you to me. <laughs> well, what I was saying is a quote that said that if you're still standing, then the devil hasn't won. And we've said that before in a different way that we're still here. We could have been destroyed, absolutely destroyed, but we're still here. Yeah. And, and so a in a way to, to me, that's a way of prospering. If you yes. haven't just been utterly destroyed and devastated, lost your life. So what, where, I'm assuming you know the answer to this. Uh-huh. Where, what are the scriptures in the Bible that people use to say, oh, the prosperity gospel is a false gospel? They, they don't. <laughs> if they use experience and then they also say, well, when God said that he would bless your coming in and bless your going out. He was talking to the Jews. He was talking to the Israelites and uh, the whole Deuteronomy 28 thing because it says, if you keep my commandments, I'll bless you. If you don't keep my commandments, you'll be under a curse. And then they'll, uh, you know, but they they use that. uh, But the truth is, is we're not under that law. Right. However, we are the seed of Abraham. And Abraham was rich in cattle and gold and silver. He had servants, manservants and maidservants. He had... Uh, he was so large, he had such a large community, or you could say even a business, that he had 300 men go to war with him. You know, 300 men 
It's not including their families. Right. And the men that stayed back to do the jobs that needed to be right. done. It was just 300 that went with him. He was Fortune 500 company. You right. know what I'm saying? He was very rich. And not only, but that wasn't what was the most important thing to him. Children were the most important thing to him because that was God's promise. But God said, in multiplying, I'll multiply you. In blessing, I'll bless you. Yes, that was to Abraham, but it was to Abraham and his seed. It was to Abraham and his seed. I'm trying to remember where all that was. I don't know. Heirs of God and heirs to the promise. If you're Christ, then are you Abraham's seeds and heirs according to the promise. Oh, oh, I was just reading that. Is that Galatians or is that Ephesians? Shoot. Anyway, if you are in Christ, if you are Christ. just reading that the other day. Then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What was the promise? Blessing, I'll bless you. Multiplying, I'll multiply you. And then you have access to the promise of the Spirit through faith. Okay? That's in the same set of verses. Let me read this too. In the same chapter, 2 Corinthians, I don't even think we're going to make it to chapter 9, 2 Corinthians 8 and 7, it says, Therefore, as you abound in everything in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love, to us, see that you abound in this grace also. And then it goes down to verse 9 and says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. It's interesting to me, because he says, while you're abounding in all these other wonderful things, make sure you abound in the grace of God that makes you rich. But you don't hear that's that what preached. It is. No, that's what that's you don't hear that preached. What I've heard most is where it talks about um, riches and where it talks about wealth, where it talks about mm-hmm. prosperity. Oh, it's not talking about money. Oh, well, you can't say that about it. these verses because this whole two chapters is it's all about, about money. money. Yeah, because Paul has taken up an offering for the poor people in Jerusalem because they were getting it. Uh, they were having it really hard because Rome was cracking down on them big time, and they were poor. And they had also been going through a famine because an Agabus, Agabus prophesied that there would be a famine in the land, and there was a famine in Israel, and they were hungry. And so Paul was not just going around preaching the gospel. He was also taking up donations from churches to take back. That's why he went back to Jerusalem anyway when he got put into prison is he was taking that money back. And so he was talking about money. God loves a cheerful giver talking about money. You know, that was that's some of the stuff that they do is they say, well, it doesn't mean physical wealth. Yes, it does. It does because if you're poor, you can't do anything for anybody. If you're broke, you can't do anything for anybody. Well, I'm not criticizing people that are struggling financially, but I would like for them to get this understanding that God has made you, already made you wealthy. And he's the one what gives you the power to get wealth. Which is, and that is, in like, that is, that's not just something you're saying. That's, that's scripture. scripture. That, that word for yep. word is in yep. the Bible. So it gives you the power to get wealth. He, the thing, the problem is, is that our faith is the problem. Well, how can you it's build faith when you're constantly being told that it's, it's a false unbelief. gospel? See, faith and unbelief are opposites. We've always, I've always been taught that faith and or uh, faith, uh, shoot, faith and fear are opposites. Faith and fear are opposites. No, no, no. It's faith and unbelief that are opposites. It's fear and love, love that, are that are opposites. Faith. And unbelief, unbelief, you can actually have unbelief and faith in the same basket. It's just whichever one is more is the one that's going to produce. Right, whichever will you feed. is faith negative, okay? And so as you begin to feed in the Word of God, it produces faith. But as you begin to feed, you can listen to, oh, the housing market's crashing, all the car, all the used cars are tanking in value. Uh, you know, you can listen to all the. The Fed said this. They they're right. going to raise rates. They're going to lower rates. We're going to have inflation. We're going to have deflation. 
all of these things. Oh, and you can also on the on the the spiritual side, you can listen to people talk about how you know God uh, humbles you by making you poor, and God doesn't want scripture. to bless you. There's nothing in the scripture that says that. There's only one person that I can remember that was humbled, and it was in a dramatic way, and that was Nebuchadnezzar. But you know, God restored him. Seven years later, he was completely restored. So, uh, they they make this big deal about how God doesn't always want you to be rich, you know. And no, not everybody's gonna have a jet plane. It just ain't gonna happen. Most people don't even want one. Okay, uh, not everybody's gonna drive a Bentley. It's a two hundred sixty thousand dollar car. People aren't gonna want one. Some people don't even have the understanding of how to manage such wealth because it turns people off, and they don't know how to handle that. You know, people may try to sue you and take away everything you have. Don't envy the rich man because sometimes he has more problems than you do. So the thing is, is like not everybody's going to have those things, but not everybody wants them either, okay? Uh, not everybody's going to have $15,000, 15000 uh, apartment units, right? But you got Robert Kiyosaki does, and he's, he's not, not a, even a Christian. He's not a Christian, but he's, you know, not everybody knows how to handle billions of dollars. They just don't know how to. There's a lot that goes into that. I don't know if I want enough employees to have billions of dollars. I wouldn't mind taking one, but you know what I'm saying. But it takes time. Some people criticize the wealth that people have built over a lifetime of intellectual property and hard work. It's a lot of work to drive to fly to three different, you know, communities in, in two different day, states yeah. in one day, preach an hour to two hours, communicate, visit with people, and then fly home. It takes a lot of effort to be in the road all the time like that. So let me ask you this, just as we kind of wind down. Yeah. If you had this, I'm pretty. I'm pretty proud of this question. I think this is a good question. Okay. If you had like one sentence and it can be scripture. It can be like a, just a the general overview. If you had like one or two sentences to tell somebody to explain to them why the, the quote unquote pro, uh, prosperity gospel mm-hmm. is actually the gospel, not the way that they talk about Part of it, it, but right. you know, what, what would you say to somebody? It'd be hard to, Melt it down into one or two sentences. You can do it. Um, it's through the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that God has provided already everything that you need. Everything. Well, I'm sick in my body. It's already provided. I'm, um, I've got debt up to my eyeballs, over my eyeballs. You know, I'm 20,000 leagues under the sea in debt, but it's already provided. Um, you know, my family is fractured. That restoration's already provided. The The thing is, is, are you going to go for it? Are you going to believe God for it? What scripture do you have to stand on? Because this is an easy one. Prosperity is an easy one. Healing is an easy one. God wants us to walk in love. His love. God doesn't want us to fear. We don't have to be anxious or depressed or full of fear. Because he's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. He doesn't want us confused. So if I was to boil it down in just a couple of sentences, it's through the gift of righteousness and the abundance of grace. God has already provided everything that we need. Already. It's done. So we have to receive that by faith. Good job. So I'm just saying, like. That was good, babe. It's done. Chef's. It's already done. Well, I don't see it in my bank account. 
don't know. But that doesn't, God's not limited to our bank account. God's not limited to our job. Right. He's, He's not, not limited, limited to our business. Our business, our government check. Or what our mind can comprehend. He can do exceedingly, abundantly, abundantly and above all, all that we could ask, we could ask or, or think. think. He is limitless. He is not small. He is big. His hand is not closed. His arm is not weak. So when that $4,000 medical bill comes in the mail, just hold <laughs> it up and say, Lord. You got mail. You got mail. Here's the thing. We got four minutes or so. One of the things about the prosperity gospel that people don't understand is that it's really just a gospel, the gospel about how God is good. See, what does the gospel mean? It means good news. And maybe that's the thing is that we're not fully convinced as a culture anymore that God, that is, God good. is actually good. And that has that. really filtered over into the church that we don't understand or know how to receive right. the goodness of God even when we are not necessarily inherently good. Uh, I think it was old Roberts that got con- uh, criticized constantly because he would say something good is going to happen to me today. That was his like motto, his confession of faith. Something good is going to happen to me today. And he would say that God is good. Oh, I like that. That was his message. We we all say it all the time. God is good all the time. And all the time. God, God is, is good. good. But people don't believe that. And it's, that's why it's become just like a generic colloquialism. I think I think that's Christianese. One of the things that is going to be one of my missions is to tell people that not only is God good, but he's good to you. Right. He he's is good for to me. you. He is for me. <clears throat> Joseph, when he was sold into slavery by his own family, when he was at the slave auction, and Potiphar was looking everybody over. The Bible says that Joseph was a prosperous man because God was with him. He didn't have no clothes. He didn't have no job. He didn't have no family. He didn't have any family. He didn't have no money. But he was a prosperous man because God was with him. That is the prosperity gospel. God with us. What does Emmanuel mean? God with us. We make that about Christmas time. That's not a Christmas thing. Well, the one of the God in the Bible, he calls himself Jehovah Jireh. The God that provides. The God that provides. Yep. Provides what? Everything. Exactly. He provides what you need through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything that we need is not a future thing. We are not at the starting post trying to get to the ending post. We are at the ending post moving forward. Jesus set up the finishing post and then placed us there where everything was already done so that we could go forward. Mm, that's good. Everything's already done. Now that, that song is in my head, we should sing it more in church. Because of who you are, yes. I give you glory. Some songs are anointed. Some songs so are just garbage. And half the stuff we sing is full of unbelief <laughs> and garbage. Even in Word of Faith churches, we sing in a bunch of trash. Uh, because we're trying to get God to do something when God's already done everything. Mm-hmm. It's done. God's not going to get up off the throne and do anything else as far as your right. redemption is concerned. He's already given it to us. It's our choice whether or not by faith we reach out and by receive faith. that. So God is good. All the time. <laughs> he is good <laughs> to you. He is good to me. God is good. And he wants good for us. He's already given us everything that's good. So we should, st- one of the biggest criticisms in the prosperity gospel is not about money. It's not even got anything to do with money. It's that they that they are bold enough to say that God is good. Right. And it's treated as greed. It's treated as self, it's treated as arrogance mm-hmm. and greed. And the truth is, is that God is good because the scripture says, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good. He has invited us into his goodness. One of the fruits of the Spirit is goodness. That's not our fruit. That's his fruit. 
through us is goodness. People are not good, but God is good. And people that are in God exhibit goodness as a fruit. So I think that's a good stopping place. Maybe that we'll talk good. about this some more at some other point. But the I'm truth, sure we will. We'll, the truth we'll circle is, back. Is that the biggest criticism, and they wouldn't want to admit it maybe, is that people that preach about the goodness of God, namely somebody like Joel Osteen who preaches that God is good and for you and loves you and wants to bless you and prosper you. Maybe that's what upsets people is that they can't all stand he it. ever talks about. Well, what's there else to talk about? <laughs> I mean, I understand. They I'm just want, saying I think that that's, uh, that's it. They want people to talk about how people are wretched and sinful and ungodly and all right, of these the things. Hellfire but the truth stained. is, the truth is, is if you're in Christ, you're not any of those things anymore. Because you're a new creature, created unto good works. You're born again. The old man has passed away and all things are new. And all he's doing is preaching new covenant stuff. And they don't like it because they want to live in the old covenant. Because they want to earn their righteousness. God's not making us rich because we're so great. God has not blessed us. It is grace. 100% right. grace. He does it because he's so great. It's because he's already done it. He's good. He's so good. He is so great. He is so loving and awesome that he's blessed you. But why don't I see it? It's possible you don't believe it. And that's a hard pill to swallow. Do you rather turn to the world and take out debt than believe God? I know I've done it many, many times. But here's the thing, too, about that is that out of his goodness and his grace and his abundance, mm -hmm. he'll pull you out of that, too. Oh, absolutely. He's a debt destroyer. He's a debt destroyer. I'll give you an example in closing because we're two minutes over our hour. In closing. <laughs> This is my second closing. <laughs> get one more. All right, no. Pastor Manning. Listen, there was a widow woman whose husband, of course, had just died. She had two sons. He had left them in a lot of debt, and they were going to take her sons, their sons, and make them forced labor as like an indentured servant mm -hmm. kind of thing until the debt was paid. Well, she went to the prophet, I believe it was Elijah. Yeah, Elijah, and said, Listen, your servant, my husband, has passed away and left us in this debt, and they're going to take our sons and make them slaves to pay the debt. And he said, What do you have in the house? No, that was a different story. He said, Yeah, she said, He said, What do you have in the house? She said, All I have is a little cruise of oil, which is just this little lamp shaped thing with oil in it, right? All I've got is a cruise of oil. And he said, go, you and your sons, you go to all of your neighbors and you borrow as many vessels, mm -hmm. buckets, bowls, jars, cups as possible. And you, when you uh, get them in the house, shut the door and begin to pour the oil into the vessels. And they did that. They filled, they borrowed everything they could find, everything they could find. And they probably, knowing most people, probably limited themselves. They probably could have found some more, but they didn't. So they brought in everything that they gathered up, shut the door, began to pour the oil, filled everything up. She kept pouring. She was pouring. And she turned to one of her sons and said, bring me another vessel. It's still That's going. It. And he said, That's it. That's all we got. And as soon as that one filled up, the cruise of oil stopped. That, that is the prosperity gospel. That's the prosperity George gospel. George Mueller feeding over 10,000 orphans over his lifetime. Yeah. When they and had raising no, 2,000 of them personally. And, you know, when they, sitting these kids down at the dinner table when he mm -hmm. had nothing to feed them and saying, bow your heads, we're going to pray over the food. When mm -hmm. there was no food and, and this is 10,000 orphans over the time period it wasn't all at once of his but, life, yeah. but sitting these hungry children down mm -hmm. at the dinner table and praying over food that wasn't there only to have the doorbell ring and someone say hey i brought you food well 
Uh, let's finish the thing about the debt, and then I'll comment on that. Uh, Elijah told her, go and sell all this, pay your debt. And she did. And not only that, they had more they than had enough extra. to live on. So with George Mueller's situation, this is my third closing. It's the last one, I promise. <laughs> with his situation was that um, just because there wasn't anything in the kitchen didn't mean that he was poor. And when he sat him down, they prayed. And the baker came and said, I've been up mm-hmm. since like 3 o'clock this morning because God woke me up and told me to bake all I could to give to you guys. And then they didn't have any milk. They said, what are we going to do about milk? He said, we're going to pray again. Okay. And then a knock at the door. The milk carrier had broke down outside the orphanage. Yes. And he said, listen, I, there's nothing I can do. If I don't get do something with this milk, it'll spoil. Can you use it? They had everything they needed, and it was instant. It was like, bam. God had already made the provision for him before he'd ever prayed because he's already done it. It's done. The provision is already made. I heard Jerry Savelle say yesterday, he said, while you're sitting right here in this meeting, God is working behind the scenes to meet the needs that you have while you're sitting here. Right, that you don't even know about. And so he already knows what you need. Jesus said that uh, ask, but he already knows what you need before you ask him. But ask. And that's another problem. We People don't, don't believe. So they don't People ask. don't ask. And then James said the reason you don't receive <clears throat> even if you ask is because you want to consume it upon your lusts. Mm. That's, a, that's, a, that's whole, a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. So there is a prosperity gospel, and I'm all up in it. <laughs> we're here for I'm it. all up in it. It's really not. And I'm not it's, scared. It's you a, can call me the prosperity gospel yeah. preacher. It's a provision gospel, and the truth is, is that it is a provision of the gospel. It's a provision of the gospel, the redemption of work of right. Christ. And here's another thing: I'm gonna take that. I'm like Steve Irwin. I can't get enough money. <laughs> I want all the money I can get, not so I can buy a big house and a golden dunny, but so that I can, pro- like he wanted to buy conservation land, right? I want to build orphanages. I want to build clinics. I want to build schools. I want to build colleges, Bible schools, churches. You know, this part of the ministry is a very small part. I'm just a front man for a larger operation. I want to build all these things, not so I can have a golden dunny, not so that I can have this big massive house. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But so that we can do the work of the gospel so that we can go and provide for others so that we can build dig wells and provide jobs and you know mm-hmm. bless communities here in the US and abroad you know so anyway thanks for tuning in yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes we're going to wrap it up so yep. Daniel can go home uh we love you guys listen uh, we do have 501c3. If you want to give, uh, just uh, reach out to us via Facebook. We'll set it up. Uh, we'll We're not building a golden dunny. If you don't know, that's a bathroom. It's a toilet. It's a toilet. It's a, uh, it's reach out to us. We'll show toilet. you how to, how to give. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, guys.